Welcome to God's Story, the narrative adaptation of the Bible. Today's chapter covers 1 Kings 17 through 2 Kings 2. Chapter 17, Prophecy in the Time of Elijah. After Omri's 12-year reign, he was succeeded by his son Ahab, who was more evil than any who had come before him. He married Jezebel, daughter of the king of the Sidonians, enemies of Israel. He worshipped Baal and Ashtoreth and did more to anger Yahweh than all the kings before him. In that age, Yahweh raised up a prophet named Elijah. He came before Ahab and said, In response to your idol worship, to show you that Yahweh, who your ancestors worshipped and who I serve, is the one true God. No rain will fall in Israel for the next two years unless I say so. Then Yahweh, knowing that Ahab would try to apprehend Elijah, told the prophet to head east and hide in a ravine near the Jordan River. When he arrived there, Yahweh sent ravens carrying bread and meat to feed him twice a day. When the drought dried up the brook in the ravine, Elijah traveled to the town of Zarephath in Sidon, where God had directed him to ask for food from a widow who lived there. When he found her and asked her for a drink and some bread, she replied, I only have enough to make my son and I one last meal before we starve to death. But Elijah said, Do not succumb to despair and doubt. Go, make yourself some bread. But make some for me also, for Yahweh, the God of Israel, sees you and promises that your stores will never run out. In faith, she did what Elijah said, and for as long as he stayed with her, she was always able to make bread, even though she could not purchase ingredients. But some time after this, the widow's only son fell ill. His condition continually worsened until he stopped breathing. The woman cried out to Elijah, If your God is real and you are a prophet, why am I being made to suffer like this? Did you rescue us from starvation just so that I could watch my son die of sickness? Her words agonized him and he said, Give me your son. He then carried him to the upper room of the house and prayed, Yahweh, why have you brought more tragedy upon this woman who's cared for me? Let this boy live. The boy immediately began to breathe, and Elijah picked him up and carried him back to his mother, saying, Look, your son is alive. She replied, Now I know that what you say about your God is true. After three years of drought, Yahweh said to Elijah, Go to Samaria. Tell Ahab I am going to send rain. Now Ahab had an advisor named Obadiah who still followed Yahweh. Jezebel would execute any prophet of Yahweh that she found, so Obadiah hid a hundred of them in caves and was secretly supplying them with food and water. With the drought having taken its toll, Ahab sent Obadiah to look for something they could feed their animals to keep them from starving. While Elijah was on his way to Ahab, he came upon Obadiah as he was searching. When Obadiah saw him approaching, he said, Is that you, Elijah? Yes, tell Ahab I'm here. 
Jezebel will kill you if she finds you. If I tell Ahab you're here, but then Yahweh transports you somewhere else in order to protect you, it will be my turn to die. I have always worshipped Yahweh. Even now, I'm risking everything to protect a hundred prophets from the queen's wrath. What you're asking me to do is a death sentence. Elijah replied, I promise you, I will meet with Ahab today. You will remain safe. So Obadiah left to tell Ahab where he could find Elijah. When Ahab arrived and saw the prophet, he angrily said, Is that you, you trouble of Israel? Elijah replied, It is not I who has brought trouble upon Israel. You and your fathers have abandoned Yahweh to serve Baal and Ashtoreth. So if they're worth serving, it should be proven to the people. I propose that you summon everyone to meet on Mount Carmel. Bring 450 prophets with you. Hoping to end the meddling of this prophet once and for all, Ahab gathered everyone outside of the city as requested. Elijah then addressed the gathered crowd, saying, How long will you go back and forth like this? If Yahweh is God, then that is who you should follow. If Baal or Ashtoreth are God, follow them. But the people said nothing. I am the only prophet of Yahweh here, surrounded by hundreds of prophets of Baal. Get two bulls. They can choose one for themselves, and I'll take the other. We will prepare them to be sacrificed and put them on altars, but we won't burn them. Then they can call on their God, and I will call on Yahweh. The one that answers by consuming the sacrifice with fire from the sky is God. After making their preparations, the prophets of Baal cried out and danced around their altar from morning until noon, but there was no response. So Elijah started to taunt them. Shout louder! Maybe Baal's lost in thought! Or maybe Baal's in the bathroom! Or maybe Baal's on vacation! Maybe Baal's asleep and needs to be woken up. So they shouted louder and they started cutting themselves, hoping that their blood would entice their God to act. By evening, there was still no response. Then Elijah built an altar using 12 stones to represent the tribes of Israel. He dug a large trench around it, put wood on his altar and prepared the bull. Then he had some servants fill four large jugs with water and pour it all over the sacrifice and the wood. He did this three times until the water filled the trench that he had dug. Then he prayed, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let everyone know today that you are the only God, the ruler of this nation. Let them know that I am your servant and that I follow your commands. Answer me, so these people will turn back to you. Then the fire of Yahweh fell from the sky and burned up the bull, the wood, the stones, the dirt underneath, evaporating all of the water in the trench. When the people saw this, they bowed down and cried out in awe and terror, Yahweh alone is God. Then Elijah said to the people, Grab these prophets of Baal who have led you astray. Do not let them escape. So they captured them all and put them to death. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go, eat and drink. I hear the sound of rain in the distance. 
The sky grew black with clouds, the winds picked up, and a heavy rain started falling as Ahab rode his chariot back to his wife. But Elijah, filled with the power of Yahweh, outran the chariot all the way to Samaria. When Ahab arrived, he told Jezebel that Elijah had killed the prophets of Baal. She said to Elijah, I swear to you, you will be dead by this time tomorrow, just like every other prophet of Yahweh that I've had killed. Elijah fled from the bloodthirsty queen, and once he was alone in the wilderness, he sat down under a bush and said to Yahweh, I'm exhausted. This is just, just too much to bear. Please, let me die. I've passionately followed you even while the rest of Israel rejects you. They kill your prophets or have driven them into hiding. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. Then Yahweh said to Elijah, Go, stand atop of that mountain. You will feel my presence. When he finished his climb, a powerful wind tore the nearby mountains apart, shattering the rocks. But Yahweh was not in the wind. Then there was a violent earthquake. But Yahweh was not in the tremors. There was a consuming fire. But Yahweh was not among the flames. Then Elijah heard a gentle whisper which said, Return the way you came. Appoint Elisha to be the prophet who will succeed you. Elijah did as Yahweh said, and so Elisha came with Elijah as his student and his servant. As they traveled, Elijah also ordered Micaiah and others to be his followers. In that time, Ben-Hadad was still the ruler of Aram from Damascus. He attacked Israel and threatened them with even further devastation if they did not acquiesce to his harsh demands for riches. Though Ahab agreed initially, when Ben-Hadad made his demands even more outlandish, Ahab refused and the two countries prepared for war. A prophet whose name has been lost to time came to Samaria and told Ahab, Look at this mighty army assembled against you. By Yahweh's strength, though, it will be defeated, and so you know that it is by Yahweh's might that this victory is achieved. It will be your junior officers who will lead the victory. So it was as Yahweh had said. The army of Ben-Hadad was defeated, but Ahab spared the king and made peace with Aram. When Ben-Hadad eventually did die, he was succeeded by his son, Ben-Hadad II. In Judah, Jehoshaphat reigned. He followed Yahweh and continued to rid the land of idols, as his father Asa had done. In the third year of peace between Israel and Aram, Ahab's advisors encouraged him to seek Jehoshaphat's help in reclaiming the land that they had lost to Aram. When Ahab proposed that they join forces, Jehoshaphat replied, I'm like you. My people are like your people. My army will be like your army. But let's ask Yahweh if this is the right thing first. Ahab summoned 400 false prophets who all said that they would win the battle. But Jehoshaphat asked, Isn't there even one prophet of Yahweh in Israel that we can ask? Well, yes, there is one, but I despise him. He's an acolyte of my enemy Elijah, and he never has anything good to say to me. His name is Micaiah. But at Jehoshaphat's insistence, they summoned him. The messenger who brought Micaiah said, All the other prophets are saying that Aram will be defeated for once... Speak favorably about Ahab, but just agree with everyone else. Micaiah replied, 
I can only tell him what Yahweh tells me. When the kings asked if they should attack Aram, Micaiah half-heartedly replied, Yeah, go and attack. Um, Yahweh will give you the victory. Ahab replied, Swear you're telling the truth before your God. All right. What I actually saw was Israel scattered in the hills like sheep without a shepherd. Ahab then said to Jehoshaphat, See, what did I tell you? He never has anything good to say to me. But Micaiah continued, I saw Yahweh on a throne surrounded by angels, and one of them said, I will convince Ahab to battle Aram by having his false prophets tell him lies. Then Yahweh said, Go and do it, you will succeed. Ahab was infuriated by this, and he ordered that Micaiah be thrown in prison with nothing but bread and water until his safe return. But Micaiah said to everyone, if Ahab returns safely, then I have not spoken Yahweh's words. Heed my warnings. The next day, Ahab and Jehoshaphat went into battle against Aram. Ahab hoped to escape the prophecy against him and disguised himself as a regular soldier so that he wouldn't be targeted. But as a result, he was randomly shot by an archer between his armor plates and killed. When Jehoshaphat returned from battle to Jerusalem, he was approached by the prophet Jehu, who said, My father prophesied against your father when he sought the aid from evil men. So now I ask you, should you show love and give aid to an evil man who hates Yahweh? Though God is angry with you, this admonishment does not end with your doom, for Yahweh still remembers the good that you have done in ridding the land of idols. Sometime after this, the Moabites and Ammonites united and invaded Judah. Alarmed at the sight of the advancing army, Jehoshaphat declared that all Jews should pray for their deliverance, not even stopping to eat. Many people gathered in Jerusalem to pray, and Jehoshaphat prayed before them. God of our ancestors, who rules from heaven over the nations, no one can withstand your power. You drove our idol-worshipping enemies out of this land. You gave it to us as a gift forever. We have built our homes here and made a temple for you where we swore we would gather and call out to you for help. Now we are under threat from the Ammonites and the Moabites. We do not have the power to resist them, so we look to you for help. Then the word of the Lord came to one of the men gathered there. Jehaziel, who prophesied, Do not be discouraged because of this army. The battle is not ours, but Yahweh's. Tomorrow, take up positions, but you will not have to fight. Stand strong and watch Yahweh save us. The next day, they assembled before their enemies, and Jehoshaphat instructed all of them to just sing out songs of praise instead of fight. As they sang, Yahweh caused the armies of Moab and Ammon to turn on each other. When the Jewish soldiers approached and saw that they had all destroyed each other, it took them three days to gather the plunder from the battlefield. Then they returned to Jerusalem, praising Yahweh, and the minstrels of Jehoshaphat commemorated God's victory with this psalm. God is our refuge and strength, our help when we're in trouble. If the earth should crumble, if the mountains fall into the sea, we will not be afraid. Yahweh protects the city of God. It will not fall. 
The godless rage against us, but their kingdoms fall at the sound of God's voice. Yahweh, the mighty God of Israel, is our refuge. Come, behold the works of God who makes wars cease to the ends of the earth, who breaks the bow, cuts the spear in half, burns the chariot with fire. Be still and know that Yahweh is God, and God will be exalted among the godless throughout the world. The God who rules over the angels is our refuge. When news of the slaughter of the Moabites and Ammonites reached the surrounding countries, they were filled with fear and did not attack Judah for the rest of Jehoshaphat's reign. It was in this time of peace that Elijah's time as prophet came to an end. One day, as he was walking with Elisha, he said, Stay here. Yahweh is sending me to Bethel. No, I will not leave you, Elisha replied. At Bethel, some prophets came to Elisha and said, You know that Yahweh is going to take Elijah from you soon. Yes, I know. Speak no more of it. After they left Bethel, Elijah said, Stay here. God is sending me to Jericho. No, I will not leave you. At Jericho, more prophets came to Elisha and said, You know that God is going to take Elijah from you soon. Yes, I know this. Speak no more of it. After they left Jericho, Elijah said, Stay here. God is sending me to the Jordan. No, I will never leave you. At the Jordan, Elijah rolled up his coat and struck the river with it. It divided like it had so many years ago when Joshua first led the nation into the promised land. The two crossed the riverbed on dry ground. Elijah then said, Tell me what I can do for you before I am taken from you. Elijah, let me have a double portion of the Holy Spirit of God that's in you. That is a difficult thing to give. But if you see me when I am taken from you, then it will be yours. Suddenly, a fiery chariot appeared and separated the two, and Elijah was carried into heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this happen and called out, My father, my father, as Elijah disappeared. Elisha picked up Elijah's coat and went back to the Jordan River. He struck the water and said, Where is Yahweh now? And his answer came, as the river parted again. Then Elisha crossed back into Israel, no longer just the servant of a great man, but a prophet set apart by God. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Matt. If you would like to give me any feedback, you can email me at mattsgodstory at gmail.com. That's M-A-T-T-S-G-O-D-S. S-T-O-R-Y at gmail.com. And if you'd like a transcript of this chapter or any previous chapters, you can get it at mattsgodsstory.blogspot.com. Thanks again. God bless. Stay safe.